0: Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. But they, their love was thwarted by COVID. It's oh like... my God. <laughs>
1: oh. I oh, can see delicious. the one man show just with him and an exercise <laughs> bike I know. on stage. My name is Toby Manhire. It's July 2021 and this has gone by lunchtime. Annabelle Lee Mayfer is away sunning herself, gallivanting, who knows what. And in her place today, Ben Thomas. Welcome, Ben. Kia ora. Uh, replacing Ben Thomas, we have Mahingarangi Forbes. Kia ora,
2: Kia Kia ora. What's up? Well... Funny you say (laughs) This is a bit of a setup. So I was thinking this morning Mm. As I was listening to a story on the radio About a gentleman called Whamwana Luatutu Who um, Was giving evidence in the Royal Commission Of inquiry into state abuse He's the first of the Pacific Island uh, 15 that are going to be giving evidence And one thing he said is that On his first day of school when he first arrived in New Zealand The teacher said your name's too hard to say Your name's John and hmm. so he became John from there and he talked about how that was the beginning of his of the dispossession and fracturing of him and his culture. And um, I was thinking, how hey, names are so important. And then I came in here this morning and I talked to Tiahe and I said to him, do you have an affiliation with dolphins? And he said, yeah, kind of, you know, because that's what his name is. And his mum named him that because he had beautiful…
1: is our producer. Yeah, he uh, had uh, beautiful, recently
2: big black eyes when he was born. Hmm. And so, you know… You know, Maori, we have names which we kind of grow into. That's what I think anyway. And we're all taking our names back in the rest. And I was thinking, Annabelle, Grace and Beauty, hmm. Toby, Tobias, God is Good, and Ben, Blessed, Child of Fortune. Is it? Yeah, do you think you've like lived your name
1: um, I would like to think there was meaning imbued in uh, every part of names like Toby and Ben, but I don't know if there are. I kind of wish there were.
2: Ben's quite blessed. Tell us about Mahingarangi. Mahingarangi, greetings to the heavens, hmm. yeah, or you know, to the days. Mihi as in uh, greeting, and yeah. ngā as in plural, and rangi as in skies and days, and hmm. ranginui. Yeah. Mm. That's my great great grand auntie name. There but is. my kids have got all Māori names and I feel like they live theirs. Yeah. yeah.
1: Can you tell us what that is?
2: Pido is my oldest which is uh, the place where the spirits the, the hills where the spirits go on the other side. Hmm. And she's <coughs> very is definitely that person. Yeah. Uh Ahi pāurewa, which is like the burning platform. Like Pāurewa is the sky tower modern day pāurewa. in the old days it was just probably um, the watch house or something in the par and is obviously on fire one day and so she's very fiery and um, yeah and then Pele as someone means my darling and he's definitely that and Taika is rawr, <clears throat> and he's full of life
1: uh, and you didn't think about Ben
2: um, in another life I might have, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, because I'm, you know, I'm decolonizing, so I want my children to identify with their culture and feel like they're part of it. Ben's a lovely name. I, I,
0: I want your children to identify with this podcast and feel part of it.
2: Okay. The 20-year-old yeah. twi- will? Yeah. Yeah, the, definitely. Oh yeah, all
1: 20-year-olds are into this politics podcast. Yeah. So. Speaking of podcasts. <laughs> it's huge. Your, your rival podcast...
2: Party people. Party people uh, is returning. Is returning. Me Forbes. Yes, later this year uh, on another platform. Is, um, is
0: that going to be broadcast live from the Carwadoe pub?
2: Oh, wish we're going to try and make it and sound like it's it a is. good
1: idea. We could do a. We could do a Gombe lunchtime party people.
2: Collab, oh, We could do a party, party people
1: lunch. RSA. Yeah, people Shane would, Shane Token, Shane would relay our table for that. Eh?
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay.
2: Now it's going to be lots of fun. It's going to just be politics through the lens of some Maori fellas <laughs> who've been around <laughs> politics with me, kind of in the middle, Yeah. telling them, "Shh," and Annabelle. So I'm going to, I'm going to pinch Grace and Beauty back to produce it.
1: Mm, okay. That's good. Well done, Annabelle. The well,
2: Should we just call her Grace and Beauty?
1: Grace and Beauty. Yeah. GMB. GB. G. Grace, Beauty.
2: Grace and Be- Beauty. <coughs> <coughs> Lee Ly- Maver. Laughter.
1: Laughter. LOLs. GBL.
2: Well, she's LOLs because she's Lady of Leisure. Yes. Today. Well.
1: yeah. In Rarutonga. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Kia ora, Probably girls. cracked
2: her third champagne by now at the Cotter Club.
1: I, <laughs> the I, Pineapple daiquiris.
2: She's got it attached to a bag. <laughs> She'd <laughs> have the Cotter
0: Club basically to herself, wouldn't she? Or just just the other just Raratanga her and her tremble. husband. Was. Yeah.
2: Oh, the other yeah, there'd be a few of them, though, wouldn't they?
0: Oh yeah, I think the flights will be packed, but she'll be able to get she'll be able to get a uh, a phone charger.
2: She'd definitely get one of the comfy little cubicles with a phone charger, a cocktail, and. She'll have her, um, there'd be lots of scrambled eggs there.
0: It's quite good. One thing that COVID-19 has managed to do is make the Kauru Club exclusive again, at least the International Lounge. It was losing a lot of its cash. I haven't been a in it. Yeah. When yeah. did you go in
2: the International Lounge?
0: The uh, well, last time I was in it was when I was visiting my folks in Sydney pre-COVID. So
1: you don't know whether there's lots of space in there. Well, just the I mean, time. I know, I, just know just I know it's
0: pretty big, it and there used to, you know, around. there used to be a lot more people travelling overseas. Mm. I mean, I don't think they would have like roped it off or anything.
1: It must be difficult because, as we know, typically the Cordy Lounge is the place where you get a read on middle New Zealand. You just stand in the middle of it and chat <laughs> to people. But when it's just Annabelle and her husband going to <laughs> <about a time. laughs> Is getting a mean,
0: lot of feedback about the importance that, like, of media funding another, and structure. Another <laughs>
1: reason that politics is really hard now is because it's harder to get a read on ordinary New Zealanders in the Kauru Club. The, yeah. The, the Kauru? used to be that's authority. where
2: all the po- politicians would be and they'd talk to you. Hmm. But now I feel like there's an exclusive wing of the Kauru Club. And then there's like security guards or something. You can't get near them.
1: Yeah. The, the, the greatest one, of course, remember, was when uh, Jacinda Ardern opened – someone's beer for them. No, oh. no, passed the bottle opener to someone, and it yeah. became a big story. Yeah. It was one of the great wow. moments in New Zealand history, Just, in my She's just like us. Um, so, demanding the debate is some, one of the things that has been de- – the debate has been demanded. Um, Many
2: debates have been demanded. Yeah, and the I'd problem with
1: modern life is, debate, is not enough discourse. The demanding on the discourse, on the debate. We need more people airing their views. Mihi, you uh, saw the demands for the debate – and you responded to the demands for the debate by issuing an invitation.
2: To everyone.
1: To everyone to.
2: To everyone from every party. Yes. To debate.
1: The demand.
2: The ma- yeah, the demand of He Puapua Pua, uh, hmm. in particular. At he since, specifically, Since then, right. which was only like last week, there's been multiple new debates that have been demanded. I see it like almost it's every day. There's we just need more, more
1: debates. debates. More. Oh, you, like, we like, oh, s- can
2: we just talk about He Puapua Pua first? Can we not move
1: on? What about if we had a national conversation?
2: I love it. Wouldn't a national that be, conversation hmm. that's been called for. A I national- think,
0: a na- no, I want it to be more of a journey that's going forward. So I think a national walk and talk.
2: Oh, like...
0: Um, like in the West Wing. Yeah. Just like a national POV <laughs> yeah. steady cam.
2: And we'll make it multiple parties. <laughs>
0: no, just all news of the team of five million all going for a stroll around the block. Yeah. Just to get their hearts moving, the ideas flowing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We could do it and we could shoot it all from the back of a ute.
2: True. With and a couch on And we could it.
1: put it on a cycle lane, and then we'd have the entirety of New Zealand politics encapsulated in one frame. That's
2: actually frame. not a bad bad idea, Toby.
0: You know how not the second idea. demand the debate billboard was like, "Ute tax?" Question mark. Here, poor, poor. Mm. And when you when I first glanced at it, I was like. Ute tax here pua poor and I was like Ute. Ute. What is this? <laughs> Ute.
2: Did you think they had um misspelt and it was Uto tax?
0: I, yeah, I well that's right, I didn't know what well, Ute was. I mean I idea, I, I thought it? that's some, maybe that's something that's sort of on page eight or onwards as well made easy by Scott
2: Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Ute um, tax. Yeah.
1: I thought yeah, they they rather than demand the debate most they could remand the rebate. That would be
2: Remand the rebate. <laughs> that would that's be perfect.
1: And um, and and the other side could reprimand the reprobates.
2: Suffice to say, my demanding <laughs> of the debate hasn't been that fruitful. Oh, um, I mean, I've got a couple of people through the door, um, and it's I'm in delicate, critical conversations. Oh right yes,
1: high level conversations. High level, and mm. I can't
2: give too much away no. because I don't want to ruin anything for us. Okay. Um, but I still feel optimistic. Anyone listening out there from politics, how am I? No, my that's all of them, isn't it? Yeah, all. Yeah, because yeah, they all listen.
1: Yeah. Uh, ben Thomas, demand the debate as an approach, an oppositional strategy. Is it a good idea? Is it worked? What's going on?
0: Well, it means you don't have to take a position yourself, which is, you know, there's just this implication that oh, maybe something bad's happening. You can fill in the blanks. You know, we need to talk about this.
1: So is demand the debate the assertive cousin of just asking questions?
0: Yeah, I think so. And it's a few steps down from, um, you know, the kind of ramped up sort of quote unquote separatism talk that Collins unveiled when she was first talking about um, the Māori Health Authority. Hmm. Then when He Puapua came out, she had obviously dialled that back, taken on a bit of feedback that that was like a little, a little too obvious <laughs> and had turned it into, you know, uh, what was it, uh, separate separate systems, co-governance, mm. evil co-governance. Um, and now it's just, well, maybe we should just talk about it. Maybe we just need to talk about it. Why won't the Labour government talk about it? And in a way, um, you know, she's got a point with some of it, with her puapua, you know, the Prime Minister has said we didn't release it because we thought people might um, attack us on it. <laughs> You know, she's been pretty clear with that. Um, and, you know, Heapuapua itself was definitely kind of slipped through, you know, or, or the attempt was to slip it through. Yeah. And now it's mercifully turned into just a national debate where... Everyone will sort of have their say at a few hui and meetings and they'll draw up some A4s and some long lists of ideas and sticky note walls that everyone will take photos of with their mobile phones and turn into PowerPoints and nothing will really happen. Um, But there will be a discussion document. Um, So I think, you know, this isn't a particularly fruitful road for National to go down. But now that they're adding in extra issues... Um, you know, I mean the the mob, the mob funding is is the most obvious one. That's a real sort of pressure point. Um, but that's know.
2: not a hapuapu.
0: No, no, absolutely. I think I think th- is a dead end mm. for them. I think, and and I, mean, I think I it think, makes he- sense that they're moving on from that.
2: Th- if they had have um, actually just talked to it, there were there's a number of uh, examples they could have used as successful heapua uh, frameworks and uh, concepts like the Māori Health Authority is basically that concept of working of treaty partnership um, and, you know, what what's coming with Oranga Tamariki might be similar as well. But um, I wanted to say about the debate, I remember a time when, as journalists, we were able to actually have debates on television, on radio, and I think it was actually the national government that came. That do you remember? When yeah, they
1: said we, we will no longer put ministers ne- yeah, up against their shadow. We're not going up against a spokesperson. And, and that, that, so prior that was a we really deliberate policy. A great point. Right, was, that the, was that under the national government? Yes, it was because yeah. prior
2: to that, you'd, you'd have like sure. Sainsbury and those guys, yeah. John Campbell would yeah. have like one of each, yeah. and they'd just be half an hour of just going each other. Here or, are the
1: two people who wish yeah. to be responsible for, for this portfolio. That's right. Let's hear them.
2: Yeah, well, big stuff, and talk about policy
1: rather than just. Leadership staff. I mean, and they got canned
2: and they wouldn't. Let's front. demand that debate. Then they demanded that they would have like an interview and then that would finish and the next person okay. could talk. And so, and then, but this Labor government has carried that on and in fact, they equally as poor at turning up.
1: Great point. We uh, hashtag demand the debates. That's what we're doing. We're demanding the debates. Or well, sh- what well, could be bring
2: back the debate?
1: Bring back the debate. Bring back the br- br- like back it's in not, the day it's debate. Not very is it?
0: But see, the problem is people are out of practice at it. Bring so back. I, back? I, bring back the barneys. I remember the first time that we actually did. You know, our our ministers did engage in a debate, and it was was it the twenty eleven election. And I it was tw- yeah, it was 2011, I think, or maybe 2014. Uh, no, it must have been 2014 because it was Joyce versus Robertson as finance minister, mm. uh, finance minister and finance spokesperson, or finance spokespeople mm. for the two parties who were in the because election. Because it was an election campaign. yeah. And it was so <laughs> the the mood. Um, after it, it just turned into this absolute shit pile where both of them ended up just sort of slinging mm. insults and talking over each other. Who
2: facilitated?
0: Uh, it was The Nation, I think. But it, it was, it was or maybe it was q and I can't remember, but it was just so terrible. You know, I think we got official word that, you know, look... We've got a couple of couple more of these that people have already signed up to, but no more. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> uh, I disagree. I think that if you've got a good facilitator, you can make it work. And I think that as you know, I think New Zealanders have a right to hear um, that kind of policy debate.
1: Yeah, and they have, I mean, you know every election they have, for example, the would-be finance ministers debating in Queenstown together. Yeah. That's always a lively and interesting and often illuminating affair. I think that there are when you talk about issues like, <laughs> uh, whether it's hipuapua whether it's or oranga tamariki or health or education to get the, the complaint we have a lot here a lot is that there isn't enough discussion about policy, it's all just about personality mm. and it's all That's about right. flashpoints and gotcha politics and blah 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 and then we don't get a lot of illumination or light very often in question time either, we get a lot of obfuscation and avoidance and attempts to score hits. W- I think think that's a great idea. We're demanding the debates. Um, Me, how's your your diary looking? You're available to host all of these debates. Happy to. Great. Happy to. Um, I mean,
2: we smashed out all of those election um, electorate debates. Yes. If people turn up, it's not that hard.
0: I think that that's part of the other issue, isn't it? That national seem to have been – well, actually not national. Judith Collins seems to have been carrying on this – well, just asking questions, guilt by association, implication, strategy through to question time. She used to be a really ruthless kind of forensic questioner. She did. Um,
1: One but, of the best portfolio uh, opposition politicians and very good as ministerially, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um But against Ardern, she goes with these very airy big picture things, and this is whether she's talking about hate speech. I saw... um A clip about uh, the, you know, the the state funding of media, which is basically just you know a bit of a handout mainly for audiovisual stuff on Facebook, I think. Yeah, and and Collins was just asking these sort of very high level. Easily rebutted questions about, you know, does this mean media are biased towards yeah. the government? I mean, that's she not going to get you anywhere. She
2: couldn't believe that media were uh, drinking the Kool Aid.
0: Yeah, then and- then Seymour swooped in and said, well, one of the criteria is that it, it you know, that it, it uh, demonstrates the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi. What if somebody, want, what if a media organisation uh, runs a an investigation into whether those principles are any good? You know, does that mean that they don't get funding? And, you know, that's actually a much more reasonable, that's actually a much more incisive question to ask because you're getting into the detail and the policy and what it actually means for media, um, rather than just these sort of, you know, basically suspicious kind of um, whims or something. And you know, you you notice that a lot. I think, you know, Act Bridges has actually been pretty good, I think, you know, say on the hate speech stuff. Um, But you know, the leadership of National really seems to have adopted this well, you know, why don't we just talk about it? You know, all, why why can't we talk? And then you say, well, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to know? And then it's just all vagaries. We want to talk about how we're not allowed
1: to talk. Well, go, why don't you speak now? Well, what I want to say is that I'm not allowed to speak. (laughs) It does become almost like it's a sort of reservoir opposition politics where it's like everything goes in there, right? You know, so Mm. demand the debate just becomes this catch-all for everything. So the farmers' protest, the, 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 the funding of the, meth programme and its relationship to the mongrel mob, <laughs> you know, everything. Let's just, it's just chuck it all in there and demand the debate. And it, it it's it's at once trying to cover off everything, but it also ends up being so nebulous.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's trying to create this narrative that the government is acting outside its mandate and doing all these things that it never campaigned on, which, you know, most governments, 95%, 99% of what they do is not stuff they campaigned on because most of what government does is really boring and doesn't attract a lot of attention. You know, the, the day-to-day business of government is stuff that most people don't even become aware of. You know, say, for instance, grant funding, you know, um... National didn't have a policy on whether they would fund Harry Tam and gang-connected meth programs either, because you know you don't think to your policy is one page long. Um,
2: they're not funding Harry Tam. Ben, they're funding a program
0: run by Harry Tam's yes. company. Yes,
2: yeah, but that's... they're funding a, a program that is uh, helping people become not. Addicted to meth, which is going to be beneficial for all of us in the community. This is the Kahukura
1: program, yeah, yep, funded through the Ministry of Justice. I yes. think uh, two point seven five, and they, this has very much become part of the demand debate, debating, it's which one of is, uh, uh, and it's it's it, it's being presented as um, uh, the government is funding the mob, which is. Yes. Yeah.
0: Which, which is, is not, it's not really. What oh, it's doing right. is it's legitimating senior members in the mob. It's basically saying this gang leadership uh, buddies, you know, they're, they're, they're establishment people, they can get money. The mongrel mob are actually out there to help you get off meth, which is not really true if you look at the national picture. <laughs> um, um, and, but, and, you know, <laughs>
2: if you apply that that to... Say the Salvation Army or a church that's, you know, has actually been part of the Royal Commission on Interstate Abuse and acknowledged that they've got had some terrible, terrible abuse in their ranks. You can't then just say, oh, the whole of every single church organisation can't be funded and we give lots of money to those organisations for them to help to do social justice work in our communities so you can't apply that to every single group that's trying to you know, uh, uplift their people yes, we know that gangs are terrible most of the time, um, but there are individuals inside of those gangs who are now in positions where they want to help and who aren't peddling um, drugs and the rest of it and um they are the best people to try and to try and encourage people to get off meth and things like that yeah but I, think I think you have to be careful about that
0: yeah I think I think the idea that um, you know the 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 superficial kind of public perception is gangs are bad drug dealing then you are the, bad the, yeah then you've then you've got the second layer down which is the kind of um point sued. Sort of gangs are just alternative Fano institutions. They're basically like aura providers. We need to <laughs> empower them to help the most vulnerable in the community. And then you get back to then you drill down into the reality, which is is like actually, you know, actually pretty bad. And the the idea, the thing is, I think there's a difference because you know there's all there's so many programs around the country, right? And most of them involve gang members, right? Because that's that's a core. Not
2: enough programs. That's a core part of it,
0: right? And you, you, yeah, you're right. You won't get anywhere without former addicts. You won't get it anywhere without people who understand the lifestyle. I think that's a different matter, and I think this is something that the public gets gets intuitively, even though it doesn't get articulated. It gets articulated as funding the mob, which is that when you've got a guy like Harry Tam, who you know, look, has had a long story you know, career of public service, etc. But his, his main job during that time has been stakeholder relations for the mongrel mob. He's a corporate social responsibility slash PR guy. His job is to make you think that the mongrel mob are, are a responsible social organisation in the same way that the sustainability manager of Sky City tells you like, look at, look at all the good we did. We had a fun run and raised some money and just forget about all of the people like feeding their paychecks into the slot machines and pissing into cups. And... You know, so so the idea of legitimating those senior figures, who actually, you know, the most the, the most important thing they could do is actually try and pull the levers in the organisation and use their influence to get people stop dealing meth to their whānau, right? In instead of kind of picking up the pieces and going, well, of course we don't, you know, on a human level, I told you, you totally does it have that,
1: to be one or the other? I mean, yeah, I mean, uh,
2: the thing is, is literally we created this mess of gangs, and um, I just you know in my experience of the people that I've dealt with and I've dealt with lots and and I actually have gang members in my family and I don't want them to be gang members but they have had really really difficult lives and I'm fortunate that I am actually white and i haven't had the same kind of um, discrimination and uh, uh, trauma actually because trauma actually fucks you up and so anyone who has experienced trauma whether you're brown white or whatever it just happens to be probably more maori and pacifica people uh, uh, have had this kind of state abuse trauma um we have to find a way of healing them and lifting them out. And so addictions and abuse and violence and gangs are just consequences of that trauma that they experienced at the hands of the state. And I know you say, Ben, that it's not all, you don't, not everyone who's in a gang was um, in state uh, state abuse, but, you know, it was literally only six, seven years ago, I remember saying to, asking Anne Tolly and um, Bill English at the time, you know, you know, People are calling for an inquiry into state abuse, and they were saying, No, we don't need one. We don't want to, you know, let lying, uh, sleeping dogs lie and all those kinds of things. We'll re traumatize people, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at the time, they were saying that we were overestimating by saying 80,000 people during that 40 Hmm. years. Today, they say 250,000. That's a quarter of a million of our kids in state care have been traumatised and abused through our system, It's only makes sense that we have a growing massive gang population and culture as an impact of some of that trauma that's come through. So they are the solution to stopping it, to turning it around. But, but every single gang you can't be in control of you know, that's the that's the whole nature of gangs. You get to do what you want. You've been locked up and shut up and abused and in uh, in these in these in homes, cares, whatever in your environment. That a gang gives you freedom. So of course you're going to have a whole lot of people making decisions for themselves. So I don't imagine Harry or um, Eugene Ryder, who's you know still associated with the Black Power in Wellington, but's doing amazing things down there, can control every single member of the chapter from Wellington, but he's doing his best.
0: Yeah, so I I think that's an interesting point because, you know, Harry brought up all of those issues on his Q&A interview with Jack Tame, where he said, you know, this is where Jack Tame said, who's joining gangs? And he said, well, you know, the numbers aren't really going up. What's actually happening is it's just third generation, it's the kids, it's the families going up. There's (laughs) there's a video of Harry Tam speaking to a mongrel mob audience from November last year, where, you know, with a lot of Zig Hales and stuff thrown in, because that's the audience and he's a good PR guy, he knows how to talk to people, where he says, you know, all the gangs are actively recruiting now, not passively recruiting, we're all muscling up. So that's quite different from where, you know, we're dealing with this residual pool of damaged individuals that we want to lift up. They they are actively recruiting, everyone knows that. And so I think the idea of legitimating them as a, a partner with government, as people who, you know, are respected by the Prime Minister, by you know, uh, is is probably a mistake in terms of branding if you actually want to keep people out of that lifestyle. And you saw the contradictions with that, you know, in Potter Williams's interview with Tame, where at the on the one hand she's trying to say, you know, she wouldn't even speak Harry's name. She was like that person, you know, and and then she was saying, Oh yeah, but I mean good program, two point seven. But that's
1: that's about the that's about the raw politics of it, isn't it? Thank you both. That's a really Really interesting kōrero, this is gone by lunchtime. And um, if you want to hear more fascinating, interesting conversation like that, you can help keep the spin-off alive by going to thespinoff.co.nz and joining our membership. We need to talk about the groundswell, the howl of a groundswell, howl of a protest, farmers, utes going down the highways of the nation to the cities, across a range of cities. It was a- I think it was still going. When I came here, came here this morning through Morningside. Yeah, Mm. lots, lots of tractors. There were three three, three
0: SUVs and utes at the intersection to try and get across the road. Was was there there any
1: mud on the utes? None, no mud (laughs) on the utes. They
0: were pretty shiny, they were in there. Best paint job for the protest. Um,
1: there are actual real tractors <laughs> rather than possibly tractors in, 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 in Auckland on Friday. There's John Deere ones. Um, and toss. there were also a lot of interesting signs. I it mean, looked, it was, cr- looked pretty Ray. cool yeah. with um, the tractors, There I was thought. There was, we don't, We I mean, it's it's very easy to misrepresent a protest on the basis of uh, fringe elements, we could say. But there were quite a few <laughs> interesting signs there in turn when we talk about, you know, uh, demands for debates and different catch No idea how Ute Tax
2: has anything to the do, do with ramming te reo Māori down your throat. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. get that one. It's, but it was a theme.
0: Where is the te reo being rammed? I mean, it's being rammed down the throats, but in what location it's is the that ute. happening? It's because, the ute. Yeah, the, yeah that's right. The ute. the ute is getting it. <laughs> um, is it the, what is it, the daily COVID briefings? Is it because Ashley Bloomfield says, says Motu? Motu? I think yeah. it's
2: probably it all that. of TV. It is that. It's the TV3, the TVNZ, it's everyone's saying kia ora oh. as you said tēnā nakoto this morning mm. you know we're starting to embrace and love our s- other language shocking
1: um, the other one I'm most interested in though is the, the um, <laughs> did you see this one fish plus chips plus communism equals your worst nightmare this was a sign
2: I love fish and chips that was and I just I don't really
1: I'm trying to get my head around because it's it's Might, a very interesting equation. Are
0: they talking about on a normative level? Like everybody has fish and chips. There's surplus production and workers' committees. Just uh, everyone gathers together and they just dump a big bag. You know, a big package. Mm, maybe
2: because it's fish isn't meat.
1: Right. So it's like
2: um, you know, moving away from red meat and eating more fish.
1: Like, but what about where do the chips come in then?
2: Because potatoes.
1: Potatoes. You yeah. can't eat. Plants, yeah. You can't eat plants. You so, can't so eat plants. Maybe
2: it's pescatarian protest.
1: I think it might be a reference to Jacinda Ardern having previous, I think this is somewhere in the Morrinsville region. Yeah, it's a, it's a
0: reference to it, the Prime Minister's Prime Minister teenage a, yeah.
1: But But I just, I mean, if you were, let's just say for argument's sake, I know that you're um, uh, in favour of Marxism, Leninism, Ben, but if you were against communism... Wouldn't adding the fish and chips make it less bad rather than more bad? Like, if your worst nightmare is communism plus fish plus chips...
0: Maybe they're saying that you would there would be long queues for fish and chips, and then if you had ordered two fish, you would just get... One. One potato fritter. <laughs> because every... <laughs> like or, in the or Soviet a, Union. Yeah, or <laughs> a, you don't get to choose. You don't get <laughs> yeah.
2: the cho- choice of the family pack and upgrade to right. the snapper. You right. just get the same... <laughs> so okay. you just get the hookies yep. frozen yes, because um, of the working situation. Grant,
0: Grant Robertson would go like, We've, no, the Productivity Commission, Ganeshanana would be like, everyone's s- having a sea dog
2: yeah. tonight. <laughs> and 16 chips.
0: <laughs> a
1: crab stick, <laughs> which contains no crab meat. Yeah. So it means, I don't want to dwell on this, but it's important. It means that fish and chips under a communist regime is your worst nightmare. Is that your interpretation?
2: That person needs to come forward and explain himself. Well, you're himself.
1: welcome to... They we, need to we, debate. We, we demand... They d- d- I'm demanding debate, the debate on that. It's going to be episode three of the, but d- the debates you demanded.
0: Probably <laughs> <But laughs> Quite a lot of the, organisational heft behind this. 55 centres, that's... Um, yeah. They Let's talk it. about it properly.
1: We should do that. And it's and it's um there were there were, there are a number of issues beyond the fish and chips, and communism, and Tereo. Yeah. Um There's all the water policies. There's the the, Ute tax. the, the Ute tax. There's the, the significant natural areas stuff is quite interesting yes. because people feel um, I didn't that's get one Honey huddle where the,
0: is the our,
2: I, oh, I saw the, the, the irony of them the, of farmers from the Waikato <laughs> asking for yeah. their land back, yeah. and I was like, I actually asked that question because I was horrified by it, and then someone's like, "Ooh." In do some <laughs> reading, and I was like I'm deleting that text. <laughs> I was just getting a torrent of well, abuse from, d- and I was like, "Yeah, cool, thanks. I've got it now. Thanks, but stop with the coming at me." Um, but now I get it. It's the significant natural uh, areas, and so that's the bits of forest and regional ahedie and wetlands yeah. on their lands that they're not allowed to that's develop. Right. Saying but that this why is would our they develop, my, develop it when you? Just, I mean, have we the weekend's weather? Hello.
0: Well, this is actually something that um Hara is really up in arms about as well, up north, and it's yes. been leading because um, they're worried about the the effects on developing um, to Fenua land as well. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the. I think some parts of the country have successfully just put in place their significant natural areas ages ago, but some councils have been dragging their feet and that's where the sort of controversy has come in because it seems
2: like they're just Yeah, I think down like the south I remember it. a story of somebody who lost a portion of their land, well not lost it's still there for them to enjoy but they were unable to develop a...
1: Yeah, I don't know I the answer to that question taken, but there will be a, taken care of there there the will be a piece about it on the spin-off explaining everything you need to know tomorrow morning because Thank you. It's, um, yeah, it's an interesting area and it was one of the things that was raised by a lot of people who were spoken to who didn't have signs about vision chips or Teddy or It mm-hmm. was a, a lot of people raised it as part of the protest. One of the sort of the um, more general complaints, I think, is that there's a lot of stuff you're doing to us at the moment. It's like too hard and too fast, right? Like it's 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 um, interesting given there have been a lot of complaints about the Labour government continuing the incrementalist path from various quarters. Is this suddenly Arden's Labour government is too transformative?
0: Well what what this government's really good at doing is passing regulation. They're really good at stuff that involves having officials write something down and then signing it off by an executive council order or passing a law. They've been terrible at delivering
1: things. So passing a law is literally the act of <laughs> governing. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that's right.
0: It's, it's 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 performative in the true sense, in the sense that by do it oh. by by performing it, you do it. But but what I mean is that you know where the argument has been about the transformation has been that. Uh, you know the, apart if you leave aside the welfare advisory group stuff, um, most of the problem has actually been delivery, you know it's been getting that one point nine billion dollars out the door and actually more beds for mental health and more counselors and that kind of thing and literally getting it out of the bank accounts yeah. or execution um, you
1: might say yeah execution implementation. Um, we well, have got an imp- implementation unit, though, so that's all. Yeah, that's all sorted. That's all out. sorted.
0: Um, but in terms of you know what they have been good at is raising the minimum wage because that's literally the stroke of a pen, and and leaving things for other people to do. Right? So yeah, and and there has you know David Parker has certainly been one of the busier ministers in environment, and so he's you know
2: th- it's it's quite hard to transform the environment after hundred and fifty years or so of degrading it to the point that it's can't even swim in your rivers anymore and the rest of it. I mean, transformation of our Fenwa and our waterways and our marine life and the rest of it. And we've got all the reports that show how poorly we've done over that time is it's not gonna happen like overnight like Rachel says. <laughs> Will it? But I guess that's what legislation's for, us to, to tweak it and mm. to make things start to move in, the, in and, the right way.
1: And look, you know, what we saw over the weekend in buller and in Westport especially, you know, some kind of terrifying, I mean, both both, both, in terms of the two challenges of climate change, in terms of adaptation and in terms of mitigation, the, the reforms that are mm. underway are trying to address both of those things to a, to, to, to a great degree. And it's... There's no arguing that it's a real thing, right? <laughs> no, know? no, abs-
0: absolutely. But the, the challenge you get is actually getting people to make sacrifices that require them to either do work or pay money. Right. So we've had the ETS in place for about 10 years. It's only really had teeth for the last few couple of years. Um, it adds, say, 10 cents to your petrol mm. per mm. litre, mm. right? But, but you don't see that on the receipt. You know, it's just sort of mm. absorbed into these... Big fluctuations that petrol prices have. The farmers get told you have to fence off that area. You have to plant these trees. You have to, you know. But
2: don't they get funding to fence it off?
0: I uh, don't, yeah. don't know.
2: I'm pretty sure but, that. But there's... it's
0: still a thing they've got to do, right? It takes up mental space. It looks like any regulatory change, you know. It actually does add to your workload. And shouldn't
2: you have been doing that already?
0: Don't know. I'm not a farmer.
2: But when you've got cows that are like, you know, and in, in the in the waterways you'd go, shit, that's a problem because, you know, we now know that waterways can't have that much of that in there and wouldn't you just fence it off? When you got runoff going into streams and your streams turned kind of brown and got algae all through it, what, what kind of responsibility do you have as a landowner? Yeah. Because I, mean, I, mean, I walk around, I am, like, I'm, I'm a landowner, you know, I've got a house in Auckland, and when something like the tree is going to fall over and hit the neighbour's house, I take action.
1: What's the mood in fielding? Fielding?
2: I didn't get down there for the protest, but I imagine it would have been huge because it's a town of two halves fielding, farming community, and then, you know, a lot of poverty and people who are labouring jobs and the rest of it Mm. split down the middle, really. Um, I reckon there probably would have been a bit of if you know, Rai Kitirai, that's what we say when you're the head, you know, a bit of headbutting down the main street. Because, you know, um, recently you saw uh, Tangata Tsefina, Whenua down there, Ngati Kau Rangitane, mm. march to the uh, council and oh, demand yeah, Māori um, yeah. Wards. And, you know, when I was growing up in fielding, there was no presence of Mana Whenua. Mm. We didn't even say we were Māori at school. In fact, I've been talking to lots of people I've been catching up with, I went to school with, and would say, I don't even know you were (laughs) Māori. And and I'd turn up somewhere, like I saw one of my mates, who clearly looks Māori, but we were all just, Hmm. we couldn't see back Hmm. then because we were prevented. It's just something that you didn't want to be. Yeah, I saw someone recently at Waitara, and I was like, oh my gosh, are you from here, bro? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, Wow had no no idea of that's fielding but it's changed and good and so Ngāti Kauwhata and Rangitāne and those we are starting to step up and, and take their position you know and change the face of what fielding looks like and I imagine all little towns around New Zealand are experiencing that kind of renaissance of in the presence of mana whenua hmm. mm.
1: We can do a debate in fielding as well I think by yep. the sounds of it
2: Yeah demand the debate that's number 19
1: Um we we're going to talk. About, we were going to talk about a bit about David Seymour, but maybe we'll save that for for next time. I just as I, as we as we've been discussing, I've had eight press releases come in from the ACT Party.
2: It's oh. yes, very, <laughs> very present. The very
1: very present. Yeah. Um. And, and the, there was a there was a poll recently in which um, David Seymour ranked It was the UMR wasn't it that was leaked twelve um, percent. Um. But um. Do you want to have do you have any quick thoughts on on whether David Seymour is now the true leader of the opposition party?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think ACT leaders in the past have had that sort of de facto role when National is weak um, and Seymour is certainly setting the direction in the sense that, you know, we've heard that National isn't polling and that leaves the uh, sort of options that either Collins is just following her instinct or a hunch on all of this sort of on, on what she's pursuing or she's following ACT's lead because they're doing a lot of polling, mm. um, which would be a mistake, I think, because ACT is not a major party that needs to get onto that 50th percentile of the vote. Um, but, you know, they certainly do seem to be following very closely along, uh, that it, there certainly doesn't seem to be a lot of policy differentiation between the two parties. and you know, look, Seymour is doing it better than national right now. I would say uh, they are much, fast, much faster it, and more agile One in of the media. most extraordinary
1: things and i and I say this and I don't mean this uh, fatuously at all, is that the ten new bMPs, yeah. no one. Has gone completely gone. So <laughs> you know, yeah, he's like, like so it, tight that is r- truly oh. extraordinary. It, right? it really
0: speaks to their candidate selection and their recruitment. Um, well, and,
2: also their internal people
0: and and the internal yeah, people. The Looking back office after after them, is just yeah. that that core group. National
1: is, could use. couple of those people.
0: That that core group of people who were there, you know, during the the one, you know, time in the wilderness Mm. my former colleague, Brooke Van Velden, who's now the Deputy uh, Leader um, and the whip, I think Um, Andrew Cattells, who's the Chief of Staff, Seymour himself Mm. you know, and then some backroom guys who've been around for years and years But
2: in opposition, this happens because remember when the Greens had big numbers in opposition next to Labour and um, so that main party kind of yeah. loses its way and it yeah, yeah. kind of rolls over. Yeah, there was over a time
1: where, where, where Russell, Norman and Metiria today were, were kind of leading had taken that. the debate. Um, uh, we got to go. Very quickly, also, we were going to mention briefly the Freedom Day oh, yeah. in the UK, which has been declared. Boris Johnson
2: July the 19th. We won't pinned. really know for about 14 days how it's going to turn out.
1: <laughs> but it is. it is kind of... Horrifying in a way. Oh, I mean, I've ta- talked to I talked to various friends in the UK who who uh, say that there's just they've got the, like they have to open up. The, the and and you go well that seems crazy. Like mm. the the numbers don't back that. up. I mean, well people would people would revolt, and that's not borne out, I don't think, by the polling particularly. But there is seems to be a kind of general mood there that well we've tried everything, we're vaccinated quite highly le- high level now, so let's go for it. But they then create this fucking petri dish for. A more variants to emerge. Yeah, that's the kind of scariest
2: thing. Is that That, just allowing it to kind of
1: and and the unknowns, the long COVID stuff. You know, like people who may not become massively symptomatic, may not end up in hospital. hospital Uh, Hospitalisation is down.
2: People. (sighs) people, When people say to me, "Oh, you know, we've got to learn to live with it," because people say that all the time. Someone said it it to me at the weekend, and I thought, you know, I actually know quite a few a couple of people who've had COVID and who are living with long COVID. Mm. And, you know, one in particular is a friend of mine's daughter who is constantly sick, mm. constantly sick. Mm. And um, that's the long COVID. So who knows what what's going to turn out for her. I mean, it does,
1: you do wonder whether if this was, well, should the UK be on New Zealand's high-risk country list now? I mean, well, why is it not? Well, well, I, w- I would have thought that it...
0: Well, I mean, we don't we don't have a
2: because we don't want the new. VX.
0: We only have high risk countries. No, right no, now, we don't. You from, remember
1: you know, when we when we when we oh, shut off internal travel from India, right? Yeah, yeah. and so, then it yeah. was reopened on the basis that there was a new category, which yeah. was an update on the previous one, which meant that different criteria had yeah, to be sure uh, had to be met in order to travel from those those those. Yeah, does places? the next
2: ten years look like um, that? We travel with with not high-risk countries and then we just do hard borders to, you know, the high-risk countries because, you know, you can vaccinate your whole population and then a new variant can absolutely screw that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we have to open up at some point. I think one thing that maybe we don't appreciate here is just how crazy everyone in the UK has been going over the past year and a half. You know, I mean, we, we... you see, in Australia, you know, a lot of people in Sydney are finding it really hard to deal with their first proper lockdown, and it's been what a couple of weeks or something. Um, you know, th- we have people, you know, people in the UK. A lot of them haven't, you know, really seen anyone socialised, no. gone out yeah. in, in the sense. And remember, a lot of them, you know, if you're in London, you're living in a cramped little apartment.
1: You know, you're not, you're not in the
0: backyard or whatever.
1: But there was still there was still an opportunity to open up some elements like, yes, people can go to the beach. Yes, people should go to the park. But- when you're in, inside, put a mask on, make that home mm. roll, and, that yeah, is, yeah, nah. yeah. and then they're doing this track and tracing with everyone getting pinged, oh, yeah. which is great, you know, including the Prime Minister who for two hours was going to be on a pilot scheme that may <laughs> <they> exempted it <him, laughs> They realised that possibly that wasn't a great idea. When you Anyway, the whole thing is just an absolute clusterfuck. But let's finish. Let's stop. I feel like we have satisfied the demands for the debate. Uh, we'll be bringing to I've you more to, debates.
2: About up to demand the debate number 19.
1: Demand the debate number 19. We demand that people now Demand that this particular debate.
2: Maybe its people end. demand that this podcast be done, be finished. Yeah, for the day.
1: Kia ora, Kia ora. Kia ora, Kia ora e
0: Te, iwi. te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off.